I'm here to help you. Do you think that you created Stephen to hide from all of the awful things you've done? Identities are not something to be feared. But something to be welcomed. Stephen, I know you're scared. Hello, man in the mirror. I know you're confused. What are you? You sure you want to know? I will repay my debt for all the things I've done. We'll fight together. I have to finish this. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Toure. And Derek Wong. So tonight we are talking about Disney Plus's fifth Marvel series, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, Mae Kalawami. This is the first TV episode that we've done in quite a while. We've done a lot of movies. Now we're covering a bit of Marvel TV before we talk about Doctor Strange next week. So the series just wrapped today. I guess they changed the series finale to season finale in the marketing. So if you guys didn't know that, they're, I guess, doing another season of this. But everything's pretty fresh in my mind. So still trying to piece together what I actually thought of the series. But I guess That's what this pod is for. We'll be talking through our thoughts. What did you guys think? What's your familiarity with Moon Knight, first of all? So I actually don't know that much about Moon Knight. I don't recall ever reading his comics. This was a while, maybe 10, 15 years ago, when he was kind of getting popular for a little bit. He must have had like a good run of comics by like a popular creator or something. I remember people were telling me about Moon Knight. But I don't remember actually ever checking Mm -hmm. out his stuff. So I actually really know nothing about which was kind of refreshing. It's kind of nice to not know anything about these characters and like not have to worry about fidelity to like um, the comic book source. Uh, I was just going to say, Moon Knight has a very complicated history, and I actually tried to get into the comics, too, with uh, – I don't know who the writer was, but I know David Finch was the artist. Do you remember that run in like the 2000s? That's probably the same run I was thinking of. I tried reading it, and I couldn't really get into it because I didn't know the history of the character, and it was a little convoluted. But, Derek, what's your experience with the character? We're all pretty much on the same page. Very, very, very limited familiarity with this character. Like, I, uh-huh. I've i only known it because I've seen it in passing, right? When it comes to games I've played. You know, I've heard of the character, never really seen or read uh, any of the comics, so... Yeah, I mean, this was me kind of going in fresh. For me, this is very similar to like when I went into Guardians of the Galaxy. That was another assortment of characters I had very, really small amount of knowledge about. So it's not really been since then that I've had this kind of relationship to a Marvel character going in before diving into 
said movie or said series. Mm, by relationship, you mean lack of relationship, right? Like you haven't lack known of this, this little yes. about a character since, Very since Guardians. Little, yeah. So the Ron was apparently Charlie Houston or Huston? I don't know how you say his name. I think it's Charlie Houston. Yeah, I was just looking it up. It's Charlie Houston. Yeah, okay, yes. Charlie Houston that did a Moon Knight run from 06 to 08 or something like that. Yeah, and then there was a Warren Ellis run too, which I never Ooh, read either. I think there? that was after I kind of stopped reading comics. It was a little more mm. recent, but yeah, it was nice going into this with like a fresh slate and not have anything lingering in the back of my brain going into this. I do want to say maybe Oscar Isaac gives like my favorite performance out of all the Disney Plus stuff, and maybe even up there on like the whole MCU. I know people were like ragging on him for the accent and stuff, but I think it works pretty well. And he's great with the dual roles, I think. Yeah, he's really good. He's definitely the highlight of the show, for sure. I mean, ultimately, I like the series, but I don't know if I love it. I think I'm on the same boat, actually, yeah. I mean, I kind of understand where it stands, you know, amongst the other Disney+, and we'll probably get into that later. I agree with you. I think Oscar Isaac is probably the best thing about this series. I think the dynamic between the Steven and Mark character gets really fun and really interesting by the end of the series i think um having them separated the first two episodes was probably wise but also it i think hurt the pacing of the first two episodes but once we kind of really dive into it i thought some of the action was pretty fun Mm -hmm. i think the dynamic between those two characters is fun and i do enjoy the resolution of this series and maybe even more than uh some of the other disney plus series I think my main issue with this is the pacing. I have some very strong qualms about how it's paced, and especially its six-episode thing. It's kind of not enough to really get into the muck of the character and for the story that it's trying to tell. And another thing that I didn't really totally love, I know a lot of people are gushing about Ethan Hawke, but he was kind of a big nothing for me. as uh, Arthur Harrow as the villain. He was just okay. I mean, I love Ethan Hawke, don't get me wrong. Um, he was all right. He didn't stand out particularly. You weren't blown away, right? Yeah, but, yeah. No, I agree. I'm not, I wasn't blown away. Either. I think Oscar Isaac is for sure the, the standout here. If anything, Ethan Hawke made like a hell of an entrance and then just kind of fizzled out a little bit. Because the first scene of the series is him with like the glass in his shoes. It's a cool introduction to the character. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, I mean, you kind of think about some of the other, even TV villains that we've gotten. I mean, I think, you know, Agatha kind of stands out in, like, WandaVision, and, like, you have, like, the Baron Zemo character and like, the Winter Soldier stuff. I think that was a little bit stronger. Even the Wyatt Russell, U.S. Agent, was a more interesting character. And even if you want to bring in, like, the Netflix stuff, I mean, a really good example would be, like, Vincent D'Onofrio, right? Uh-huh. I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head here where, like, I think Ethan Hawke is good, but she just does not stand out. It's not the role I'm going to think about when I think about Ethan Hawke, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, but I actually had fun with this series. I liked it more than a bunch of the other Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, you guys are going to say you liked it but didn't love it, but I was like, and maybe I agree, it's, like, good, not great, but... It grew on me a lot. I thought the second half was very strong. Yeah. And I'm struggling to think, like, in retrospect, which one of those other series is really that much better. Like, it's definitely of a piece with all the other ones as far as the level of strength. And I think the performance of the main character is better than most of them. Do you just want to get into your rankings? I think I have mine pretty set. I don't know about you guys. 
All right, you go then. All right. From best to worst, I would say Loki, followed by this, and then WandaVision. I would say Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier are like tied, and then What If is dead last. Yep, I actually don't disagree with that at all. I was going to say, this probably slots in right after Loki. So, like, yeah. as much as, like, you know, you guys didn't love it or weren't bowled over, like, it's still it's still pretty strong. I don't know if there's a recency bias, but I, I feel pretty good about this one. I don't know. I, I think the reaction was sort of mixed. I was reading some stuff. Some people didn't seem to like this very much, but I don't know. Uh, I thought this was cool. Sorry, Derek. What did you think? Well, I mean, my list is a little bit different. I'd probably put Loki as number one. I actually really like Hawkeye. So that's probably after Loki for me. And I still think I like WandaVision more. I think that WandaVision at times is messier than this show ever got. But at the same time, I think some of the highs in this show were a little bit more enjoyable for me. And then it would probably be this and then Falcon Winter Soldier and then what if. Not to say I don't like this. I feel like we say this every time we talk about the Marvel Disney <laughs> Plus. The WandaVision sword stuff is just so bad. It's always sticking out in my mind. It's just so yeah. freaking bad. It kind of sours the whole thing for me a little bit. I think as much as this felt overstuffed, I feel like nine episodes maybe was a little much for WandaVision in retrospect. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's just maybe mm-hmm. because... If you cut out that sword plot line, you could have had a shot at a tidier show, a shorter show. But because WandaVision did the sitcom thing for like three episodes before really like getting into the the meat of the series, right? Well, not like three episodes, but like two episodes. Did you just want to give like a really quick synopsis? This is actually interesting because this series kind of switches it up from the comics because the primary identity of Moon Knight in the comics is Mark Spector, although it kind of switches in the series. It kind of switches back and forth. Mm-hmm. But our primary lens in the beginning of the series is through Stephen Grant, who's a dissociative identity of Mark Spector. So to watch the series through his everyman perspective, because he doesn't know what's going on, and then Mark Spector is like the seasoned mercenary who's been chosen by the Egyptian god of the moon, Khonshu to be his champion. I think that's like an interesting wrinkle that like you get to see things from not Mark's perspective, which I really, really like. And a lot of the series, I think, or at least this first season, if there is going to be a second season, is about that duality and like yeah. their struggle to have control over this set body, right? This person that is either Mark or Steven. And I found that really interesting that there is like a more interior layer to this show than maybe some of the other things like we've really seen in the Marvel Universe. Like it's mm. not really about, I mean, it is about saving the world, but like the really main focus is about like who this person is and yeah. creating that balance in this character, right? Yeah. And I think it's great that they actually treat like DID with respect and like a pretty deft hand, I would say. I don't know how medically accurate it is, but his disorder isn't like a gimmick right i feel like in the comics sometimes it's a gimmick where he switches between these personas but here they treat it pretty seriously and they like go into like the the trauma of how his multiple personalities like came about which i think is pretty great i don't know if amir you have any (laughs) uh knowledge about did not much i don't know too much about did so i don't want to speak too much about it i don't really know that much about it but i do think that the 
from what I can recall, that the like appearance after trauma sort of makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I did like that they did at least kind of treat it seriously. Um, I think I've heard that sometimes in the comics it's a little, I don't know, Deadpool-y or kind of yeah. made it clear. It's like a zany sort of thing. And so if that's the case, I do prefer this take. And then I guess the other side of the coin is, I mean, we've already kind of mentioned that Ethan Hawke plays the villain of this story, right? Arthur Harrow. And his whole goal is very simple. He just wants to raise a, an Egyptian deity to basically destroy the world. It's, it's probably as simple as that. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. He believes that it's a noble goal because yeah, he used to be Khonshu's champion, which I actually think is a very fun little tidbit to the character. But his whole deal is that he wants to raise this other Egyptian god, Amit, who is kind of like Khonshu, who takes vengeance upon like evildoers and bad people. But with Amit, what she does is she judges the people before they commit the crimes or the sins that, that warrant the punishment, whereas Khonshu doles out like the vengeance as a punishment. Like after the fact, it kind of wants to do this little like minority report esque uh, conflict, which yeah. it doesn't really tackle that well. I don't think they don't really do anything with that. They don't deal with that aspect. They just straightforwardly say like this is a bad thing, and this yeah. is why she's the villain, right? There's no exploration of that concept at all. But yeah, it, it is there, and it's absolutely just a pre-crime. She's the goddess of pre-crime. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Which is bad, to be clear, that she's the villain. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, I mean, I think we talked a lot about it um, the last couple times we've talked about Marvel stuff. Like, what did you guys think of the action in this series? It's all right. I'm not blown away by the action in any of the Marvel stuff, really, usually. Mm -hmm. This, to me, was just okay and probably about a piece with all the rest of it. I don't know, maybe it's the recency bias speaking, but like I thought the finale had some great action in it. Uh, yeah, I would say this is pretty high up there on the action barometer when it comes to MCU. On the action barometer, yeah. Well, at least the Disney Plus stuff, I think. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Some of the movie stuff I still like more, but if we're just comparing to some of the, like the Disney Plus stuff, I can get on board with that, Jeff. Now that the Netflix stuff is on Disney Plus, I... I don't know if you're comparing it to those. I would still say some of the action in like Daredevil is better than this, right? I would say that. For sure. There's nothing to match that always seen from Daredevil or like some of the stuff from Punisher. I think the best of the action from those Netflix was definitely better than the best action in the Disney Plus shows and probably most of the Marvel movies, to be honest, except for maybe a couple. Yeah. So what is the like critical and audience reception of the show? Do you guys have any idea? What's the word on the street? the word on Twitter. I think it's largely positive, but like in my own Twitter circle, it's very divided, I think. There are people who like totally hate it and then other people who fucking love it. Although I don't see why someone would hate the show this much. I don't know. I, I feel like it doesn't even have to do with like the portrayal of mental illness or it's like portrayal of Egyptian culture, which I think both are handled pretty well. Like this is the first time I've seen Egypt as like kind of a real place, right? You get to spend time in like the city and the civilians and stuff. It's not just like pyramids and like camels in the desert, you know, which a lot of movies are like. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. Let me pull up the Rotten Tomatoes real quick. <laughs> well, why you do that? I mean, to play devil's advocate here, though, 
We've already kind of mentioned that we all just kind of like it. Like, I don't know if any of us really like love, love this series. I might not understand why people absolutely love this series, right? Like, I think it's just okay. I think it botches a little bit at the end trying to be this standalone series. Because like, from what I've heard, you know, before they did that whole series slash season finale switch up just really recently... That this was supposed to be a standalone, that like, you know, there wasn't going to be a second mm-hmm. season. This was just like the only thing that Oscar Isaac kind of really signed up for was to do this standalone series. And like, I was kind of ready for that. I was ready for like a story that was just like so isolated and like maybe felt so satisfied that we didn't need anything. But like, I do think that they kind of botched that. And like, I think they do try to set up for more without really paying it off in any kind of meaningful way. And that's usually what happens when you're just trying to set up, right? I don't know, though, because I think everything was filmed before they made that decision, right? Maybe we can get into this now, but, like, I mean, they really, like, hint at a third persona, right? And then it's not until the end credits teaser that we get to see this third persona that he has. All right. I mean, if we're talking about that right now, that end credits teaser is hugely misplaced, I think. Yes. I think that just should have been the end of the episode. The end of the episode doesn't really make any sense, because, like, he wakes up chained to the bed again, you know, like, that's just his whole thing, that's how he wakes up in the morning in the first couple of episodes, and then he trips on, like, the the binding that he has on his foot again, and then the show just ends? Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that? That was so abrupt, I didn't know, like, what to even think of that, you know? And I think, like, the information in the post-credits is, like, so crucial to the story that, like, what if you, like, turn it off after that, right? Yeah, I think you're missing a whole thing where, especially with, like, the Insane Asylum stuff, which is very reminiscent of that FX show, Legion, Mm -hmm. um, if you guys ever watched it. I don't actually know what is going on with Insane Asylum I don't know either. I don't know either. In the end, like, all I can really interpret from that was just that was all in his head. Yeah, see, I don't see. Like, they don't really. Uh, yeah, we don't explain know, right? that. Yeah. So the first time we see the asylum is after shot, right? Yeah. Yes. Right, right at the right, end right. of four. Yes. At the end yeah. of four. The end yes. Of four. yes. Yes. So the asylum is his post death, right? Like, doesn't she say like, "Oh, this is your way of dealing with the fact that you can't process what this room or this like." I don't know, afterlife actually is. She says that. Well, but isn't there like two versions, right? There's the version that they're being guided by Tawarette or whatever, the big hippo, right? Tawarette, yeah. Right, and then there's a version where- He's talking um, to Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah, and seems unaware, and he keeps flipping back and forth. Yeah. Yes, I don't know what is- What? <laughs> well- Yeah, I don't know what that switch is. Yeah, well, with the giant hippo, like it, it seems kind of clear like that's some kind of afterlife, and they're stuck in this insane asylum or whatever. But like, I always thought the stuff with- Ethan Hawke was just something he manifested in his own mind and like but then Jeff your interpretation that that's Ethan Hawke's mind? I don't think so. I feel like okay. He actually just ends up in an asylum he does, after yeah, all yes, the shit yes, he's he done, right? Um so I feel like that's actually real because who who Harrow? Harrow Harrow. Yeah. At the end. Okay, so so at the end Harrow's actually in an insane asylum. Yes. Yeah. After being defeated or whatever. Which really confused me because that asylum looks just like the asylum in Mark and Steven's, like, afterlife, right? So I was like, what the fuck is going on? But I feel like that's actually literal, and he's actually in an asylum. Yeah. And then Mark and Steven's third persona, which is, like, the the Easter egg, I guess, or the post-credits thing, 
he wheels him out and he assassinates him. Which is pretty fucking savage. I actually like that a lot. Dude, it's a great ending. It's a good ending. I agree with you. It needs to be the real ending. Yeah. But it's a great... Yeah. It's a really great ending. I like that. This is like a fucking super fucked up uh, third personality, a third alter, or whatever they call it. I think it's really funny that, like... Also, first of all, I want to say, F. Murray Abraham is pretty fucking funny in this as Khonshu. Mm-hmm. Just how annoyed he is with... Steven getting in the way of, like, Mark's quest for vengeance against criminals and stuff, I think is very, very funny. Yeah. But he's a fucking dick. Because I feel yeah. like it implies that he instigated this third persona just so that he could have... A hold on... A, a on champion. Mark, right? Oh, you think he instigates it? No, I think he just knows it's there and they don't, right? Which, there are hints that it's there, but I don't remember when they first hint at it. Are there hints? Like oh, yeah, yeah. Three or four, where, like, someone takes over and, like, kills a bunch yeah. of dudes. They're both like, it wasn't me. Right, right. And right, it was right, neither right. of yeah. I think that was, yeah. I think that was in the finale, right? Well, it's in the finale, but it's also in an earlier episode. I think okay. it happens before that. And so the implication is that they do drop that little Easter egg or whatever, which I think I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. I was just like reading about it after people are saying, oh yeah, it was dropped. I'm like, oh yeah. I read an like, interview with the, the directors or the, the creative heads on, on this show and like if you go back and watch the show now, a lot of times when you think it's only like two mirrors, there's always like three mirrors. So it's like, mm, it, it, they've been hinting at this like third persona for like the whole series. Wait, what, what is this third mirror so, thing? So like, it, you know, every time we like see them talking to each other, right? It always seems to be in like mirrors, right? Where we see... Uh, Oh, at the beginning, when yeah. you, when when, when they, they don't really know don't know, know of exactly each other what's yet. What's going on? Right, but like it, a lot of like times, the way the camera's angled, there's always like a third mirror, so you always see like a third reflection. Oh, interesting! I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. like, cool. dude, you go back and you you can start noticing these things now. I just think it's funny that Jake Lockley doesn't even have like a Moon Knight costume. He's just a fucking cabbie with a gun. It's fucking. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, dude. It's pretty savage. What's also really interesting is like if you look at Konsu in that scene, like big he's old wearing Konsu the suit, head, but he's yeah, wearing yeah. the suit, which is like really interesting too. So yeah, and I, I like the choice that, and I don't know if it's from the comics, but like he only speaks Spanish, right? Like he doesn't actually. Yeah. He only has two lines, but he doesn't actually say anything in English, which I thought yeah. was really interesting. Um, so did you ever check the Rotten Tomatoes, Jeff? Did we ever get back to that? Pretty consistent, actually. Uh, critic score, 87%. Uh, average audience, 93. Okay. Is that the same as the other series? Uh, WandaVision's 91 and 88. I think it's super inflated. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say inflated because it's a fucking aggregator, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's 90% of people thought this was at least a six. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Which is I, like... Yes. A six out of ten, right? Which is like, okay, I can see everybody who sees this being like, huh, this is unobjectionable slop. <laughs> I actually think we should use Metacritic, because that's actually Probably. the weighted score, right? Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's just like if, like if everybody on Rotten Tomatoes thinks something's a six, that gets 100% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, exactly. Granted, very few things are going to have no bell curve. Right? Yeah. Very few things are going to have so, like, no dispersion. So, like, Metacritic is 77. Oof. Um, Moon Knight is 69. Ooh, rough. And then Loki is 74. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is 74, too. Okay, that's too high. <laughs> that's too high. <laughs> they sound rough in comparison to the Rotten Tomatoes numbers, but... That sounds about right. They're probably more accurate, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, like, these are, like, C-plus-ish shows that, like, if you're into this kind of thing, you'll like, and if not, you can safely ignore and never think about them in your life and be totally fine. Yeah. Right? Like, this isn't good enough that you're going to, like, recommend it to somebody who doesn't already watch this kind of shit. 
I would agree. Let's be clear about what this stuff is. It's not, you know, prestige TV. It's not going to be a television phenomenon. It's for people who already watch this shit or like could be convinced to watch it. Yeah. Superhero adjacent. I do think Moon Knight is on the higher end. I think it's, I think it's a little more fun than the other ones other than Loki. I still think, I still think Loki is like the higher watermark, but. I like being able to be surprised by a series, so I think not knowing anything about Moon Knight was a plus. Yeah. It not being really connected to the MCU at all. It was a plus, plus. yeah, sure for sure. Strikes I missed. But, uh, like, yeah, I like that it wasn't just all about, hey, let's connect it back to the MCU. I mean, I read with this one site, and uh, it's like a random forum I've been on for a million years. But it's not like a TV forum, but there's like a TV subboard. Mm-hmm. And everybody hated Moon Knight. Like everyone's like, "Oh, it's boring. It sucks. Like it's way too much crammed into six episodes." So I was just curious. Like, does everybody else think of that way? Apparently, not everybody hates it, but it got thrashed on the site. Oh, surprised. really? Like, this seems about as good as all the others. Yeah, dude. Everybody's like, "Oh, this is like anus." <laughs> Nobody liked it. Do you agree? I don't agree. <laughs> no, I don't agree. But I was just surprised. Like, I just I'd be I, surprised like, too. Um, I do agree that it's overstuffed for six episodes. I think it could have used a little more room to breathe with all the stuff it's trying to do. Better than underdone. Yeah. Like, as much as we praise the Netflix shows, remember how each of them yeah. had, like, a three or four so episode like, these yeah. don't need to exist? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd much rather six episodes where you're like, wow, they tried to do a little too much. Yeah. Than, like, 20 episodes where you're like, yeah, that could have been 12. Mm-hmm. Or even 10 that could have been, like, eight, right? Uh, like, if we had to spend three episodes in the afterlife, I would have fucking blown my brains out. I'm 100% <laughs> sure. You also would have gone to the afterlife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but speaking of that, though, that episode is good. I do like episode five a lot. Where yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah, to... where they dig into his trauma, yeah, the, origin, it's good. the origin of the alternate personality. It's fucked up and sad, It dude. is fucked up and sad. Great Oscar Isaac performance there. I, I would say that that's, like, the highlight of the series. Even when I think about, like, it compared to some of the other Disney Plus stuff, like, I can't really remember too many episodes that, like, stand out like that. I I remember watching the episode, I was like, this is a really good episode. Just, like, generally a good episode of TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, all the stuff with the mother I thought worked really well. Like, the idea of him, like, climbing his own house to, like, unlock secrets. I was like, this is working for me on so many different levels. Yeah, I agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. So definitely a really good standout episode. And Mark and Steven together, they have like a great arc in this show too, I think. Yes. Yeah, Where they yeah, yeah. learn to like work together. And then like the reveal that, you know, Mark created Steven as a shield against abuse from his mom, right? Who blamed him mm-hmm. for uh, the drowning of his brother. There's some fucking dark shit, man. Dark for a stuff. Marvel yeah. Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. And I know we we've already kind of mentioned like the action not being the best, but I do really like the final like episode where they were yeah, like I did switching too. between the costumes. I thought that really worked really well to really showcase that now symbiotic relationship they have, being able to switch back and forth, letting the other one take control. Like I thought that was really really nice touch in the final episode. And we haven't talked about this much at all but i loved may kalamawi as uh layla mm-hmm. yeah. she's great yeah 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 she has like her own agency in the show and then like uh she gets to be a champion in the end too which is fucking cool as hell yeah i liked it her costume was cool yeah, yeah. Like, way cooler than gal gadot's 
1984 costume. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a new Falcon? No, I was kidding. <laughs> I know, right? It's very Falcon-esque. Yeah, for sure. kind of. Like, I think her character's based on... She name drops her father a lot in this series. And I guess in the comics, that name of that character is tied to the Scarlet Scarab. Scarab, I've never yeah. Really, yeah. I don't I've know anything really, about like, that. I don't know anything about this character. But, like, it's cool that, you know, now it's kind of associated with her and, like, you know, some people might think that it was pandering. I did like just that little touch of that girl kind of be like, are you like a superhero? You know, like, are you... Are you like an Egyptian superhero? Egyptian like, Egyptian superhero. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice yeah. touch. Like, so thinking about like Marvel saying like, hey, we, we were going to not do any more with this would have been kind of sad, much as like, it's all part of a machine. Like, I would have loved to see her character like still at least come back maybe in the future somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if she's going to stay a hero or not. I mean, she might. I don't know. Is that closed off by what we saw in this episode? No, 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 no. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, like I already mentioned before, like Marvel had kind of said, like, this is it. Like, it was just going to be this one season and done. Oh, oh so I like, see. Okay. But not to say that they would have never brought her into the movies, but like, if there is a second season, it's going to be nice to see if that character develops and, and, and is still a hero, right? Like, how she develops herself as a hero in the second season. It'd be interesting. There's no way this is coincidental, but like you get a lot of uh, Evie Carnahan vibes from from Layla from the Mummy, played by Rachel Weisz. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. like the same hairstyle and stuff. Mm, yeah, but she's great. I love her character in this, and I love how like you know Conchu's like, "Be my avatar." And she's like, "Nah, fuck you, bro." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she rejects him. Yeah. Which I thought was great because I, I think that was a plot point like early on in the series. Mark thinking that Conchi wanted to take her as an avatar, but like she having her own agency is just like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I, I'll become my own hero. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I already know the answer to this, but I want to know your guys' thoughts on the, the kaiju battle that we got <laughs> in the yeah. finale. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. You know what? It's uber goofy, but it's fine. It's, yeah, fun. it's fun. You know what? It, it was fun. It was fun. It's corny. I, I calmed down on the side of liking it. Though. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I feel like I could have hated it, and I didn't hate it. So, you know what? They got away with it, I think. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's silly, but, you know... I mean, Amit's a giant alligator. Conchu's this bird skull guy. It's two giant gods duking it out in Egypt. It's cool. I liked it. I'm all for silly stuff like that. Yeah. So one thing that didn't work for me so much, and I always thought it was goofy, was the Council of the Egyptian Gods. Mm. Yeah. Not that it was goofy. It was cool. But it seemed really dumb. I feel like they were kind of chumps. They were huge chumps. Like you've locked this goddess away because she's mad dangerous. Someone comes to you and is like, "Yo, this goddess is getting out," and you're like, "Nah, fuck you. We're gonna turn you to stone." Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, and just instantly believe this random asshole who like, like what? Yeah, like, it, that doesn't make any sense. And like, they're gods. They don't have some measure of like omniscience or prescience. Wait, or I think those are all their avatars, right? Yeah, but whatever. Like the gods themselves, they're a conduit to the I don't gods. Know, there's no so Egyptian god of right, fucking. Yeah. There's no Egyptian god of figuring out that this guy's evil. <laughs> like, like, what the yeah. fuck? That <laughs> like, is very funny. There's no god of like keeping an eye on shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess that's Conchu. Yeah, rip. <laughs> Terrible choice. So I guess the idea is supposed to be that like the other gods are all locked away and don't interfere personally, but. Conchu does or something, and then that's why they punish it's him. It's not even clear, I, kind of really I guess. I kind of really forget. It doesn't even make sense, because they all have avatars, so, like, what's he doing different? Oh, well, I guess he turns back time. Yeah. Yeah. Or he turns the sky to, back. To, to help them find the thing. Yeah, he turns the sky back and, like, 
risks breaking the masquerade or whatever the hell. I guess that was his crime, but it's a little bit goofy. I almost wish that they didn't include those guys. And it was like, oh yeah, the other gods are like, I don't know, locked away or like busy doing a jump of their shit or like yeah, don't yeah, have yeah, avatars yeah. anymore. And like we're on our own. It's just Kanchu Ahmet and like I guess the the uh, Tower Red. The last fertility guy. Yeah, yeah. And Tower Red. Like these are the only ones who are left. Everybody else is like gone. Because it was cool to see them do the turning them to stone ritual. That was cool. Yeah. But like the plot line didn't make any sense. Yeah. If they made it made sense, I would have been like, oh, that was cool. But like I just thought that they were like very ineffectual then they all get chumped yeah. later on like it just doesn't work for me like if they're all supposed to be advertising gods make them cool and powerful and scary and yeah you like walk back into the chamber and they're like all dead they're like slumped over i'm like oh okay i guess they're they're done now <laughs> yeah um so yeah i didn't like that that was one of the things that stood out to me as like i didn't like this aspect of the show other than that like i liked a lot about the show even from like the very beginning steven you forget this because it's been like a month and a half yeah. but at the beginning of the show there's like a lot of emphasis on Steven, like, waking up and not knowing where he is and losing huge chunks of time. It's good stuff. And he switches back and forth between those two personas, and it's great. Like, I don't know, he, like, misses a date with a girl because, like, he's switching back to the Mark persona and doesn't know what's going on. And he, like, can't hold down a good job. And, like, there's all this stuff in, in his life that's fucked up because he's flipping back and forth between the two personalities and he doesn't know what's going on and it's really good yeah. like the whole imagery of him being chained to the bed because he's been you know he thinks it's sleepwalking and guys he's actually been flipping back to the mark persona and doing moon night shit and doesn't know about it it's all really good like i don't know this was fun i i, I like the, the whole sequence in the swiss alps is great too right where he just wakes up and like some guy's like waving at him in a window and then he waves back and then like yeah, and he's got like a gun, and he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> they're trying to kill me." <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. him trying to escape Harrow's goons in the cupcake truck, where he's just yeah, flipping and he keeps, back and, and forth. He keeps, like, it's going great. in and out, flipping back and forth. He comes back, and there's like a massacre. He's like, "Oh my god, Mark, <laughs> yeah. what did you do?" And then he goes back to himself. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's well like thought out and like produced too. Like he wakes up and he's like driving backwards. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun stuff. And again, Oscar Isaac sells all of this, right? Like, he's like yeah. the beating heart of the show. And he does a really good job of making these two very distinct personas, personalities, or identities, or alters, or whatever you call them. He does a really good job of making them distinct and making them fun to play off each other. I actually will say that, I mean, you already brought this up, Jeff, like the ending, ending, not the after credits, but like the part where he wakes up and he's still like chained up at the end. Yeah. I didn't really understand that because at the beginning of the series, that's like a representation of like him not having control, right? And Right. He doesn't know the meaning he... behind his blackouts, right? Yeah. But if by the end of the series, he's supposed to have this balance between Stephen and Mark that I think it would have been nice and more meaningful if we saw that he woke up and he wasn't chained. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you that the ending is very abrupt and very strange. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good that point. Is yeah. Good. yeah. Unless, you know, now, I mean, we're going to find out. Jake Lockley's like, there's a, yeah, there's a third persona, yeah. Which, I mean, I like that they didn't show an actual third Kanchu armor, but I'm now curious what his Kanchu armor would look like if he (laughs) he had one. Right. Well, you have like Moon Knight and Mr. Knight, so I guess he'd be Senior Knight. (laughs) Senior Knight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to think about what that might look like. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is wildly racist. No. (laughs) (laughs) How racist can we get? Oh, no. (laughs) Hopefully not in 2022. We didn't talk too much about the creators behind the show, but um, the show is run by Jeremy Slater, who does Netflix's Umbrella Academy. 
Oh, I didn't know that. He also created that great Exorcist show from a couple years ago. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. No. But that show's really, really great, too. And then the directors, you have uh, Mohamed Diab, who's actually an Egyptian screenwriter and director. So some nice behind-the-scenes representation there. And two of the favorites from our pod, too. Uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, they directed a bunch of these episodes, too. That's right. They did uh, a bunch of movies, uh, Spring, The Endless, Synchronic, Synchronic, which we covered on the pod. Yeah, good stuff. I am kind of curious. This is like the actual first Marvel series now, right? Where this is like an actual introduction to the character and to like the MCU, right? Like all the other Disney Plus series we've seen, they've been really like extensions of what we've already seen from the movies, right? Like this is the first one and in a slate coming very soon of like characters that we're going to be first introduced in like Disney Plus shows. And I think this kind of goes back to what we were saying that maybe this feels a little bit overstuffed. Because, like, we don't really know anything about this character. Um, and, you know, we're going to get Yeah, this... so they have to cover a lot of... A lot, yeah. And, and, and yeah. he's a particularly complicated... Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's definitely a little less straightforward than, like, I don't know, She-Hulk, where it's like, oh, she's the Hulk, but she's a girl and she's a lawyer. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, <it>. exactly. <laughs> like, this guy's got dissociative identities and there's all kinds of gods and avatars. And he's waking... Like, it is a, a lot. little more confusing, yeah. I think, than the average character of these things yeah. right i think this is probably the worst it's gonna get yeah i'm just wondering like with these two other series miss marvel and she hulk coming where we're, we're trying to introduce characters that we don't really know anything about like do you think it might benefit from maybe just like an extra episode or two well if you like extra episodes you're in luck apparently she hulk is gonna be 10 oh okay <laughs> so, all right i did not know that Ms. marvel's six she hulk's 10 i think they probably could have averaged them out and done eight apiece yeah but what do i know i'm not on these shows. <laughs> Ten episodes of She-Hulk. That's a lot of She-Hulk. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of uh, WandaVision, right? And we kind of mentioned that that was a little that's too long. More than WandaVision. WandaVision was nine. Like ten episodes. That's a lot of She-Hulk. This legal drama better be very, very gripping. <laughs> yeah. She-Hulk saves abortion by like <laughs> by like pile driving the Supreme Court. <laughs> oh, no. Suplexes Sam Alito. <laughs> Get the time zone. Make fucking uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg retire. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. God. We're not going to get into that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's not. But we're getting to the point where I think a lot of the movies are going to start requiring you to do like more and more homework. Yo, did you see that stupid tweet about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? No. No. What did it say? Ugh, it was like, oh, this is like a great sequence. Go and watch XYZ, ABC. It was like, uh, eight, it was like eight things. It was a joke, I was though. like, oh, come it on. Was joke, it was a joke. Oh, was it? it was a joke. Okay. It wasn't serious. All right. I was like, come on. you got to be kidding me, bro. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm glad that was real. a joke. I didn't get that. I just saw the tweet passed around. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think we've already kind of mentioned it, but I do really want to reiterate that like, I do think this is very refreshing that this like absolutely does not tie at all. It just seems like anything in the MCU. Like, there's no mentions of the Avengers. There's no mentions of, like, any of the other heroes. It really takes place in, like, a city that we don't really normally or I don't think have visited in the MCU. And, like, there's just, like, not even the slightest interest in, like, having him meet up with anybody. or You know what I mean? Like, I, I just do really like that this was a very contained story about 
you know, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and that relationship and, you know, Arthur Harrow character, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I think it benefited from like the tighter cast, the smaller cast, and then smaller scale story of mm-hmm. just like Moon Knight, right? I sort of wonder, and, and, and I guess this is a thing that I am going to miss because now I guess those two personalities are sort of more integrated. I'm going to miss that back and forth. The, the back and forth between them that we had at the beginning and the, the mystery of the waking up and dissociating and stuff. I guess we've got that third personality now to do that with, but I just, I will miss that going forward. Yeah. Um, but we did have like some great action sequences where they're working in tandem, which is great in the last episode. Mm-hmm. You know, like where Mr. Knight, which is Steven's uh, Moon Knight persona, he's like using the collie sticks and he throws it at Arthur Harrow and then like he deflects it, but then like Mark's Moon Knight catches it. It's Cool stuff. I like yeah. that editing yeah, there. That was, yeah. that was very fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I will miss the the dynamic of them trying to like figure things out um, from the first couple of episodes, which was a lot of fun. That was a lot of the fun of the first couple of episodes. Overall, we all like the series. I don't think any of us would be upset if there was an actual sex season. I think I'd love to see Oscar Isaac come back as his character. You said you were annoyed that they were going to do a second season. Oh, no, I was a little not on board with how I think they handled what they did with the the post-credits of the ending of this series, where it feels like a lot of the marketing before this was saying like, hey, this is going to be a one-off thing. And I expected a very like contained story. But then because they changed it last minute, that some of those elements of like a second season creeped in, and I think it hurts the finale. Do you think that's what happened? That they had that as the ending, and then when they chose to make a second season or not have this as a series finale, they chopped the ending and put it into a post-credits. You think that's what they did? That might be what they did. That's what they could have done, or I could have seen this as like, that scene could have been like filmed very, very late in this development, right? With the Jake Lockley stuff? With the Jake Lockley stuff, because like, Conchie was like peace right he's like you know let me go and he's uh, like, oh, okay peace. yeah yeah but they put teases in the earlier episodes so they had to know it that's least. true that's true yeah they did right? yes like, they did isn't... yeah so yeah i could be totally wrong and this was the plan the whole time but i'm not a big fan of like teasing something and then just never really paying it off fully but you guys might have a different read on that i don't know i think the ending is great i just i didn't like that it was placed as a post credits Mm-hmm. I think that's like essential to the story, <laughs> I feel. I absolutely agree. And I mean, just to say it again, I feel like the ending of him waking up chained to the bed and then just cutting to black, that's so deflated. I feel like it's yeah. like a nothing ending, right? I feel like there's some shenanigans there. Uh, it doesn't feel organic the way that they did it. I don't know. I yeah. don't want to talk too much about think, that. But Yeah, well, yeah, it's all just wild speculation on our part. But yeah, and I agree with you, Jeff. It just doesn't completely work the way it's cut right now. Yeah. One last thing I want to say is that I think this is the only Marvel Disney Plus show where I started off with one grade and then my final grade is like higher than my original. Because like, I went back to like WandaVision and Loki and like I'm in the actual process of doing that where like I go back and like because like I only reviewed like the first three episodes I never went back and Mm -hmm. like regraded the series as a whole or like the season as a whole but in my mind I feel like this is the only time where revise my grade higher rather than lower for one of these Marvel Disney Plus shows because I feel like a lot of them have dropped the ball in the last couple episodes I know WandaVision does I know Falcon and the Winter Soldier does although Hawkeye did get better, I think. 
I think I was going to say that Hawkeye was the one that got better as it went on too. But I still don't really like Hawkeye that much, so mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of why it's not in my mind right now. But not going to go regrade it. Yeah, I'll probably still regrade it, but so WandaVision, you think got worse? I think WandaVision got worse. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier got worse. I know What If got worse. I didn't like a bunch of the What If episodes. Yeah, and I think Loki got a little bit worse. Even though I like Loki really? a lot, oh, wow. I think the decision to introduce He Who Remains is kind of a problem. Even though I really do like the character, I think we talked about this in our Loki episode. In the performance, so if you, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys want to go back and listen to what we thought about, about that, um, it's just that it's a character made to bridge into something else, and there was no mention of this character in any of the other Loki episodes, you know? And then by introducing that character in the end, you made that whole episode about him rather than the wrap-up for Loki and Sylvie and, like, the TVA and stuff, right? Yeah. It was a ton of exposition, even though the exposition was very, very well done by Jonathan Majors. I think that was kind of a misstep for Loki. Even though I still like that show the best, I do like Loki a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, for this show, Moon Knight, I thought, like, the first couple of episodes were pretty good, and then we got to episode four, which ended in the insane asylum, right? After he gets shot, I was like, there's only two episodes left. How are they going to, like, deal with all the stuff that they've thrown into the air? And they did an okay job, so, like, mm -hmm. I'm pleasantly surprised by this show. All right. Well, if that is it, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me dodging the goons of Ahmet so I don't have to pay for my sins. <laughs> what about you, Derek? Or I guess prepay for my pre-sins, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Derek? Where can people find your work? Uh, you could... Um Find me at the World's Okay's Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on Moon Knight, you can shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it out on the pod. So feel free to do that. And we will be back next week with more Marvel stuff. We are going to be talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.